chapter 18, 118, I'm sorry. Psalm chapter 118. In verse 19, Psalm 118, verse 19. Let's look what the Lord has for us tonight. And the Bible says in Psalm 118, verse 19, Open to, my, to me the gates of righteousness. I will go unto them, into them, and I will praise the Lord. This gate of, of the Lord, into which the righteous shall enter, I will praise thee, for thou hast heard me, and art become my salvation. The stone which the builder refused is become the head, stone of the corner. This is the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. This is the day which the Lord had made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Shall we pray, Heavenly Father? Thank you, Lord, for this day that you have made. We are glad, Lord, because we've been in the house of the Lord today, praising you with other believers all together, Lord. And thank you, Lord. I pray, Father, that you would help us to rejoice in each and every day that you give us and to do the best we can, loving you, serving you each and every day. Lord, bless the service tonight. Lord, may everything we do and say bring on glory to your name. Help me, Lord, to preach this message. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You may be seated tonight. Well, the title of the message tonight, this is the day. This is the day. This is a great psalm, to be honest with you. Psalm 118, if you look at to read the whole psalm, Psalm 118. Uh, we don't have time to look at the whole entire psalm because it's a long psalm. But I encourage you to sit down sometimes later today or whatever you have time this week or whatever that you have time and read through the whole Psalm 118 uh, from the beginning to end. Good psalm. And if you want to get more, go, get, go back again. Repeat it again. Read it again. Some people like to, let me put it this way. When you're going to focus on verse 24, more than when, uh, verse uh, 24, more than the other verses, we're going to look through a little bit. But it says, this is the day which the Lord had made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. It's a great verse. Lord, the Lord made this day for us. Now, yesterday is already, he made yesterday, but yesterday is already gone. He made this day for us. We are in this day. Tomorrow, we hope to be there. But we just don't know. God knows he's going to be there tomorrow. We don't know. But he made this day. What we do with today is our choices. But he made this day for all of us. He gave us 24 hours. Some might not make it through the day. But we hope we can make it, right? But he, made the same, he gave the same 24 hours for all of us. And what we do with it, that's our choice. Okay? Some people like to get stuck in the past. I remember a lady years ago, uh, I mean, you don't, it's not your history, it's my history, because I, I was a teenager, was in Portugal, and I remember it was, I, when I was a, a um, when I was a, a child, 1974 was the revolution, before that, there was a president there, there was a dictator for 42 years. He was a president for, two, for 42 years, but I remember when I became a, uh, more like 12, 13 years old, I remember, because she lived in the same street that we lived. And she used to say, oh, the good old times. 
I love the good old times. This day that we live, no good. This, this generation is no good. I, li- I like the all good old times. Well, the good old times was, di- was dictatorship. The good old times was no good. Uh, but she talked about that. And sometimes ladies or other people didn't like what she had to say. And said, what do you mean you stuck in the past? You remember what we suffer? What did we went through? Uh, I mean, it was so bad. People was not even, didn't even want people to go to school in those days. Uh, most people, my mom was a second grader. My dad was a third grader because they just didn't want kids to go to school. That was the way it was. It was that bad. I don't remember. I just hear about those days. But some people like to live stuck in the past. They're always looking at the past. They forget to live today, the day that the Lord have made. So others live dreaming about tomorrow. Oh, this day, you know, my life is no good. I want a better tomorrow. Listen, it is good to dream about tomorrow, isn't it? It's good. I mean, we have to look about to tomorrow, and we look forward to tomorrow, always, you know, looking that tomorrow will be a better day than today. Life will be better than today. But here's the truth, the reality. We don't live in the tomorrow. We live in today. That means I'm going to stop planning for tomorrow. No, that's not what I'm saying. We plan for tomorrow, but we live today. You follow that? But God tells us to live in the present today. And I can't think of a better verse in the Bible to speak of this than Psalm 118, verse 24. Let's look at it. This is the day which the Lord had made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. The psalmist understood this is the day. I don't have yesterday. I don't have tomorrow. I have this day. So think about it. The past is gone. The future, you either worry about the future or you dream about the future or you make plans for the future. About, But it might never arrive. But we, what we have today and we, and we have right now, we have right now, this moment, and we should receive every day with joy and gratitude of heart as a gift from God. Let me put it this day. Every day that we have, is a gift from God. It's a gift from our God. We don't know if we're going to wake up tomorrow. We just don't know. We don't, we don't think that way. We don't live thinking that way. The reality, we don't think like, oh, I'm going to die today. Oh, we don't think that way. That's not normal thinking. But the reality is we might not wake up tomorrow. That's the reality. So think about it. The past is gone. The future, you either worry or dream about it or may never arrive, but this is the day the Lord has for us. You may have probably heard the following prayer before, or something similar to this. Dear Lord, so far today I'm doing all right. I have not gossiped, lost my temper, been greedy, grumpy, nasty, selfish, overindulgent. However, in a few minutes I will be getting out of bed, and I will need a lot of more help after that. Oh, goodness. <laughs> That's a cute prayer to start, isn't it? Your day. But <laughs> this, is better, this is a better one. Just think about how much, uh, if we start our day say, saying this, this is the day, Lord, you made this day, and I will rejoice in this day and be glad that I am part of it. Yep. Now, that's the way to start out your day. That's the way we should start. We should start the day with God. We should end our day with God. So I have divided today's message, tonight's message, in three sessions right here. First, we will look at encouraging facts. Then we will look at our appropriate response. 
And then thirdly, we will look at uh, the context that lies that, that ties all together, okay? So let's look at this uh, uh, from three points tonight. I'll just give you the points. So number one, an, incur an encouraging fact. So let's begin with an encouraging fact tonight. What is the fact? This is the day. This is the, that's a fact, right? That's a reality. This is the fact. This is the day. You know, not tomorrow, not yesterday, today. This is the day, okay? This is the day that the Lord had made. Who made the day? The Lord made the day. We didn't make the day. We're just part of this day. We didn't make the day. God the one, God is the one who made the sun rise. He made the day go up, give us the light to go through the day, and the sun goes down. God is the one who does that, you know? God is the one who controls nature. We don't control that. So most of young people who have grown up in a Christian, uh, uh, up in, uh, uh, in, in, in Christian homes, more than likely sing this. Uh, uh, yeah, more than likely sing this this song. Some you, some of us probably know. Most of most of us know this song. This is the day. This is the day that the Lord had made. We just sing that song. That the Lord had made. We will rejoice. We will rejoice and be glad in it, and be glad in it. We can go on and on. So I'll tell you, I, I'm going to tell you, that's encouraging words. Isn't that encouraging words? All right, you sing in the song. This is the day that the Lord, I mean, we will rejoice and be glad in it. Oh, easy for you to say because you don't have my problems. Or oh, easy for you to say because I don't, you don't have my problems, I don't have your problems. But see, this joy that I'm trying to talk about, we actually mentioned that this morning a little bit, is a joy that goes beyond circumstances. It's an inner joy that even in the most difficult moments of life, we still experience this joy. It's a joy that only God can give us. The world cannot give you this joy. Circumstances don't give this joy to us. We choose that to, to cherish in that joy that comes from, it's called the joy of the Lord in our hearts. That's what it's called. So, but there's encouraging facts. Today is the day because God made it. And it should be amazing, an amazing encouragement to you and to me. I have people that work with me. They, I mean, tomorrow they would say, uh, oh, I can't wait for Friday. Listen, this is just early in the morning. You, you're already talking about Friday. But then people look that way. Oh, I can't wait for Friday. You just got here. You just been over the weekend. Today is Monday. Why don't you rejoice in this day? Oh. Something is wrong with you. I mean, you know, like I was talking with Miguel tonight, early today, you know, uh, uh, when you're talking about giving people t tools, it goes, I don't want those tools. That means work. <laughs> like, I mean, that means work. And, <laughs> but some people will rejoice with that and say, oh, nice tool. <laughs> okay? So to think about it, it is the Lord who gives give us each day, not us. It is the Lord who allow us to be part of this day, not us. It is the Lord who give us, give us the seasons, the years, the months, the weeks, and the days. And we should say, Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you that I am part of this day. He is given. Uh, he is given, giving God. Uh, he is. I'm sorry. He is a giving God who continues on giving. Our existence is a gift from God. The planet on which we live is a gift from God. Everything that we we see it. It's a gift from God. So let's look at this one on some sub points right here. God is the creator of all things. Amen. You know what? Let me put it this way. 
Okay, it's an, it's an encouraging fact. Why? Because God is the creator of all things. Listen, folks, we Christians don't have to guess who created the entire universe. Common sense says it is a, this is the handiwork of a wonderful creator. Well, there's no such thing as a Big Bang theory, theory or evolution. And listen, it's not, nothing good comes out of an accident. You ever been involved in one? I got involved. I had two accidents in my life. One, I fell asleep and I hit a tree. I woke me up for sure. I mean, I was a kid, but my car was not. And the other one, I was, it was my fault. I was too distracted and doing things I shouldn't do. And I hit somebody in the back. But nothing came out of good out of that. Nothing comes good out of accidents. And we said the Big Bang Theory. Well, where the matter came from to have a Big Bang Theory? Think about it. Oh, I had the whole thing, boom, it came all together. Yeah, where all this stuff came from? Right. We have to go beyond that. Or what evolution? Or a big love of something somewhere suddenly evolves it to be all kinds of different living species in this world, planets and fishes and all kinds of living creatures, and it all came from, you know, that doesn't make any sense to me. Nature did not evolve because nature was created by gods. And nature is doing exactly what God created nature to do. There's no such thing as extraterrestrials. I'm sorry if you believe that. I don't believe that. But there's such thing as a God. And God says, actually, go to Genesis chapter 1. Go there. Genesis chapter 1 takes all those things away. We need to read our Bibles. Look what it says in Genesis chapter 1. Okay. All right. Look at verse 1. You ready? In the beginning... What does that mean? When time was created. Because God is outside of time. Correct? So in the beginning, when God created time, God created the heaven and the earth. Why specifically the earth? Why didn't he say some other planet? You know why? Because he put life on earth. I talked about this the other day. Scientists say... If we really come down to the core of it, it is even impossible to have life on earth. But God sustains everything because he's the creator of all. Right. You know, people can deny what they want to deny, but the truth is, is no big bang theory, is no evolution. And I feel bad for those who are atheists. Right. You say there's, no, there's not a God. So God in the beginning created all things, and he created them out of nothing. What I mean with that, I mean that God spoke the world into, and the whole universe into existence. That's right. And it came to be. And people say, I don't believe that, so don't believe that. I do. I do. I believe that. I want God spoke the universe into existence. Then that's how powerful our God is. And if you don't believe it, it then don't believe it, but I do, like I said. The Bible teaches us that God created all things. Now, we know that God created all things in the beginning. Actually, in, like in Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, talks about that. So, and we know that on the seventh day, God finished his work of creation. The world was, and, and uh, uh, creating the world, and he rested. But that doesn't mean that, that God was not still, is not still active, involved in his creation. He still, listen to how Psalm 104 describes this. Actually, go to Psalm 104. And verse, let's begin in verse 10. He say, oh, God created the heavens and the earth, and God is 
out there somewhere, and God don't even know we're here. Well, that's not true. Okay? And the Bible says the eyes of the Lord are in every place. Well, look what it says in Psalm 104, verse 10. He sended the spring into the valleys, which run among the hills. He watered the hills from his chambers, the earth satisfied with the fruit of, his, of thy works. You might be thinking, oh, this is nature. No, this is God. Look what it says in verse 14. He caused the grass to grow for the cattle and the herd for the service of man, that he may bring forth food out of the earth. He appointed the moon for seasons, and the sun knoweth is going down. Verse 20 says, thou, thou makest darkness that is night, wherein all the beasts of the first do creep forth. Verse 24, O Lord, how manifold are thy works. In wisdom that has made them all, the earth is full of what? Thy riches. You see that? And we, by the grace of God, live here for a time. Do you, do you see how God is involved in his creation? When we try to reduce all that happens in creation simply to science and, and natural process, we lose sight of the fact that God is constantly at work in his creation. Is science good? Is it? It is good. <laughs> science is beneficial to mankind in many different ways. The world, the world of science is a great testimony of how, uh, of how testing studies can make a difference. There's nothing wrong with science. It is, it is wrong, uh, it is wrong is to take God out of the equation. That's the wrong thing. When we take God out of the equation, that's the wrong. You know what? Science is good. Don't take God out of it. Let it be. Not only God created all, but God sustains all things. But God, uh, go to actually go to Colossians chapter 1, verse 15. There's many other passages in the Bible, but this one is pretty clear. Colossians 5, uh, 1, 15, 16, and 17. And it says, Who is the image of the invisible God? We're talking about Jesus here. The firstborn of every creature. For by him, who's him? Jesus. We're all things created. They are in heaven. As for people that say that Jesus is not God, it is God. He's, he's God Almighty right here. Look what it says. For by him, well things created. They are in heaven and they are in the earth, visible, invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him. And listen to this and for him. And look, look verse, verse 17. And he is before all things. What do I mean all things? All creation. And by him, all things consist. You know why everything goes on the way it goes on? Because God is taking care of it. Not nature, not mankind, not us. God is. All things are created by Jesus, and in Jesus all things hold together. And that is why we can confidently proclaim that God not only created the world a long time ago, but God is directly involved in the world today. God didn't just create the world and, and, when, uh, uh, and, and, and just left it to himself, to itself. No, God is very involved in, in, in his creation, and he's sustaining it every day. God is a God of wisdom and order, and so God created the world that runs, uh, the world that runs according to the natural laws that we can discover and explore. But he also sustains the world. He created, he created by, his, by the power of his own being and words. Know this. 
should God choose to withdraw his sustaining power from the world, the whole universe will come grinding down. Colossians says, by him all things consist. God is taking care of the his whole creation. He sustains everything. It's not anything that we can do. God is the one who sustains everything. Okay. Be practical. What can mankind do about a snowstorm? We can have equipment that we know a storm is coming. And praise the Lord for that. We can, we can know if it's a big storm or a little storm. We can prepare ourselves. And sometimes they say it's a big storm. It comes like to nothing. But anyway, but at least we know the storm that com is coming. It's good to know that. But what can we do? Get the shovels ready. Get the snow blowers and the trucks. And let's clean it up after it's done, right? That's what we do. There's nothing we can. We can. I, I used to imagine like this. Maybe one day I can touch a button and have like some type of a globe over my house. And when the snow comes, it doesn't fall on my house. <laughs> Silly thinking, right? <laughs> but there's nothing we can do. It was, or rain, or snow, or wind, we can't do anything. We at the mercy of the elements of the weather. But God can do. Be still. He told the wind, and the wind stopped. He walked on water, and the water gave him footage to walk. Why? Because the creator, creation was obeying the creator. God is a God of wisdom and order. He created the whole world. Let us see. God reigns over all things. Go to Psalm 93, verse 1. So God created all things. God sustains all things. And God reigns over all things. God is, is in perfect control over everything that He created. Look what it says in Psalm 93, verse 1. The Lord reigneth. He is clothed with majesty. The Lord is clothed with strength, wherein He had girled Himself. The world also is established that, he cannot, that it cannot be moved. So the Lord reigns, and He is ruler over all that it is. You say, well, but Satan is here. Yeah, he's leasing earth for a time. This earth belongs to God, not to Satan right. and his right. demons. This earth belongs to our God, our maker. But he's leasing that for a time. But he knows they, you know, the lease will come out or run out, I would say. And one day, you know, doom is coming. He knows it's coming. God reigns over, reigns over all things and he's ruler over all that he had made. So that's our encouraging fact. This is the day that the Lord had made. How do we know that? Because God created all things. God sustains all things. God reigns over all things. He is the one who has the earth rotating the right way in order to sustain life. He is the one that warms up the earth with the sun and that He created. He is it. Now actually I find it personally insulting when someone tells me that he is an atheist and he does not believe in God or his existence. Anyway, we just say to people like that, are you you're missing out the point here? Who created the sun? Who created the moon? Who created who gave you the oxygen that you're breathing? Well, who gave you the life that you have? It's sad. But it's, you know, it, it makes you like I could you don't believe. You don't believe in God? Listen, he is it. He is it. Let me put it this way. 
When a person denies the, ex the existence of God, it's like saying this way. It's like saying, Tom Brady did not win seven Super Bowl rings. Did he do it? Yeah, it's a fact. Okay. Michael Jordan did never win six NBA titles. Did he do it? Yeah, it's a fact. George Washington was not the first president of the United States. He did it. He was. You see, such statements by people seem like absurd. Like, I could say that, which we know is a fact. How could somebody deny the existence of God when we know it's a fact? It is real. It's true. It is true. So, this is the day that the Lord had made. Let's rejoice and be glad in it. It's an encouraging thought. Number two, our appropriate response. In verse 24, what then should, we, should our response be to this? Well, that brings us to the second point here tonight. There's only one appropriate response to the fact that God is the, the one who made this day. That is it. That is, we will rejoice and be glad in it. Psalm 118, uh, 118 verse 24. What other response could we possible have? This is the day that the Lord had made. Let us be sorrowful and sad. That's circumstances. Let's be anxious and fearful. That's circumstances. Let's be grumpy and complain all day. That's a, you know, that's a choice that we make. Now let us rejoice and let us be glad in it this day that the Lord have made. You see, again, there's a choice. God give you this day. You choose to have the joy of the Lord in your heart and rejoice in the day. Or you choose to be grumpy, angry, mad, whatever you want to choose to be. We make that choice. For those people that don't believe in, in, in self-will, is a choice. Either way, the Lord made this day. How you go about it? I used to tell my, my co-worker, Grumpy, listen, don't you ever have a sunny day? There's always grumpiness every day. And you don't want to know the response. It was not a good response. He got grumpier. <laughs> No, he got grumpier. That's what he did. So, so let me give you three reasons why rejoicing is the only appropriate response to the fact that God is the one who made this day. And this should be our response as God's children. Number one, God is good. Amen. God is good. We see this in verse 1, in verse 29 of uh, uh, 118. God is good. In fact, if we go back to the beginning of Psalm 18, we see that that's how the whole psalm starts. Look what it says, Psalm 18, verse 1. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, because his mercy endureth forever. Amen. You see, God is good. Now, if you go to the end of the psalm, you see that's how he finishes out too. Look, Psalm 118, verse 29. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. So the psalm starts with giving God is good, and he ends, God is good. Is God good? Of course he's good. God is good. You know, listen, you can have the worst day in life, you can have the worst day, and God's still good. I understand, listen, listen, sometimes we choose certain things in life, but other, time, other times things come to us and just give us a bit of day. Ever been there? All right, I'll give you a, <laughs> today I found that out. Okay, we went to Florida, 
we just just purchased a, a brand new freezer, a stand-up freezer. And for some odd reason, what happened was the freezing door still open, open the whole time, and we lost all the food. We lost quite a bit of it. The whole fr freezer was full of food. When we got home, it was rotten. We had to take the whole thing out. So I've been, you know, looking at it. I came down, went downstairs two days ago, and I noticed nothing working in there. So I, you know, I keep going at it, and I realize I think the compressor just went. Oh, you can go like, oh, I just give a bunch of money for that thing. And, oh, you know, I got to buy a new one. Listen, we can allow circumstances to manipulate our, our mind and mix us for a better day. Or we can say, oh, Lord, you know what? I see what I can do to get a new one because I think this one is just history. You see, God is good no matter what. The whole psalm and everything is framed by the awesome truth that God is good and His love endures forever. God is good and therefore all that God makes is good. We see this in the opening chapter of Genesis. What does uh, Genesis say? God created the light and He saw it and it was good. God created the sky and the dry land and He saw it and it was good. God created the birds and the fish and, and the land animals and human beings and, and He says it was good. Let me give you an illustration here. When you go out to buy something, you put a lot of trust in the quality of the manufacturer, right? For an example, in the electronic world, companies like Sony or Bose or some other company put a lot of time and money into having people associate their names with good quality workmanship. Sony wants consumers to look at Sony products and recognize the Sony name behind, behind it and say, oh, Sony products are good. I know it is good. Well, when it comes to the, to the name brand recognition, you can't do any better than that. That's, that's it. See, when you come to the, to the name brand recognition, you can't do better than that. God is good. When God makes something, you can trust the quality of the workmanship. If you don't believe me, then go outside and see the, the result of God's creation. Did God make a mistake? No. Did God make everything perfect? Actually, he said it was very good. You see, there's nothing that God created that we'd say, oh, it's a defect. Or, no, no. God created perfectly. God created even the human body perfectly. God is a good creator. Not only that, not only God is good, God is in control. God is in control, Psalm 139, verse 16. And then the second reason why we should rejoice in this day is because God is in control. This goes back to what we were saying early when we said that God reigns over all things. God is in control. God made this day, God planned this day, and nothing can interfere with His plans. If you have to go to heaven today, you're going to heaven today. God is in control. There's nothing that happens in this world that God is not aware of. God is in perfect control. There's no surprises with God. You don't have to worry about what's going to happen tomorrow or what's going to happen today or tomorrow because God already knows what is going to happen today. All right. I left work. I was busy doing this, doing this, doing this. I had something. I'm going to say something to you. You know, I'm going to understand. 
Uh, maybe you get it. You know what a vice is? Okay. So there's different vices. We have gigantic vices and we have little vices. Well, I left the job in the vice. By rules, I'm supposed to take the job out of the vice. But my first thing was, you know what? Oh, when I got in the car, I was already halfway home. What about some morning you opened that vice? Is that my fault? Partially, yes. What are you going to do? You're going to lose sleep over? He ain't going to lose sleep over. I'm going to trust the Lord. God is in control. If it happened that felon, you know, then we have to deal with it. God is in control. And if it fell, people are going to say, going to say don't we know that you're supposed to take it out? And what your answer is? Yes, I know. I know because that's the rule. You don't leave anything in the vice overnight. But God's in control. Lose sleep over? No. You can't sleep lose sleep over. You can't worry until tomorrow. Is it going to help? Okay, this was, this was Saturday morning when I left. If I'm going to worry until tomorrow, is it going to help? Is it going to hold the peace? No. Is it going to lock that thing away? That, you know, no. So why worry? Concern? Yes. <laughs> yeah, I'm concerned. You know, I don't want to see that thing. You know, I'm concerned. Worry? I ain't going to worry. Lose sleep? I need sleep. God is in control. And if it happens, you just have to deal with it when it gets there, when I get there. David understood this when he wrote Psalm 139. There are no surprises with God. You don't have to worry about what is going to happen today or happen tomorrow. We need to trust the Lord. Not only today, but tomorrow as well. Every day we trust the Lord. I mean, I think it should be a prayer of us. We wake up in the morning. We know we are part of this day. Lord, help me to trust you today. Lord, I don't know what the day is going to bring. I don't know what people is going to come my way. I don't know what problems I am going to have to face. Lord, whatever it is, help me to trust you. Why can we rejoice in this day that God has made when even when today may not be going the way we hoped or planned to? Because God is good. Because God is in control. Number three, God cares for you. God cares for you. Another reason why we should rejoice in this day is that God made it because He cares about you. He loves you. Folks, for sure, there are many problems, many discouragements, many dis disappointments in the lives of people. For some more than others, but we all have our share of disappointments and discouragement. All of us. Listen, you can be smiling today and have a wonderful day, in, and I can be crying today. Or can be vice versa. It's the way life is. It's the reality of life. We don't want to see people crying. We don't want to be see people discouragement. But that's the way it is. Is God good still? Yes, He is. We all come to the point sometimes on which we think that no one cares about us. Our human heart, our human mind many times betrayed our very thinking. But for sure, there is one who always cares, always loves us. His name is Jesus. So let us learn to cast our cares upon Him. Let us learn to share our burdens with Him. So the load won't be so heavy upon our shoulders. Go to 1 Peter chapter 1, verse, 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7. 
It's a good verse right here. Very popular. For many people know this verse by heart. But let me tell you, we need to see with the context of the verse how powerful this verse is. Because it's the, the moments of, of total discouragement, the moments where we carry so much stuff on our shoulders that we need to remember verses like this. Look what it says. Casting, you'll throw all your care, all your care on him. Who? Jesus. Look what it says. For ye what? He cared for you. He cares about you. You are so loved. We are so loved that God says, throw it on me. I take care of it. God is not only in control of the whole universe, but he also cares about you and me individually. He knows you. He loves you. He watches over you. His mercies are new every morning. Don't you know that every morning that we have, if we wake up tomorrow morning, it's by the mercies of God? We don't deserve to wake up tomorrow morning. None of us. If we do, it's by God's mercy and grace. Actually, go to Lamentations chapter 3, verse 22. Lamentations chapter 3, verse 22. Look what it says there. The Bible is very clear. Look what it says. It is of the Lord's mercies. You see, the Lord is the capital letters there. Yahweh. It is of Yahweh's mercies that we are not consumed because His compassion fail not. They are new every morning. Look what it says. Great is thy faithfulness. Is God faithful? Absolutely. This is the day that the Lord had made, not us. Why should we rejoice and be glad in this day? Because God is good. Because God is in control. Because God cares about you and me. So, we look at this verse as an encouraging fact. Number two, an appropriate response. And number three, the context that ties it all together. All right? So we have looked at encouraging fact from this verse. This is the day that the Lord had made. Okay? We have looked at the appropriate response. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. And now finally, I would like us to look at the context that, tried, uh, that uh, ties it all together. We have been looking at general application here, this verse. But the question arises, could this day have more specific meaning? When God inspired the psalmist to write these words, was he, only, was he only talking about this day or as in a day, or did he also have a specific day in mind? Psalm 118 verse 24 is a celebratory Bible verse where often sitting and on Sunday worship service and wedding ceremonies. All right? Historically, the passage was part of the liturgy or praise on which worship is recognized Okay, a feast day for giving thanks to God. With these words, the people acknowledged that God had established, had established the day for a specific purpose. And therefore, they would carry out His purpose by rejoicing, being glad in it. So the, psalmist, the psalm was sung by the Jewish people in their Jewish annual festivals, and specifically as part of the Passover meal observances. The language and theme of the Psalm 18 links it decisively to Israel, Exodus from Egypt. It was recited in remembrance of God's great love and deliverance in freeing them from the bondage of their cruel enemies. So the tone of Psalm 118 is joyful and trusting and seems to have been specifically composed for a service of thanksgiving. The author or, or celebrant 
enters the temple courts together with a company of worshipers and give thanks to the Lord in a short of liturg liturgy, liturgy involving the congregation and ministers of the sanctuary. After inviting the community to unite in thanksgiving and praise, verse 2 and 4, the writer celebrates the Lord's steadfast love, his deliverance from death, and his ongoing protection and care. So the entire Psalms commemorates God's victory over the enemies of Israel. We see this from verse 10 to verse 17. In this context, we can truly understand the statement, this is the day that the Lord had made, Let us, uh, we will rejoice and be glad in it. The people were recognizing that the day, that this day of feasting and celebration was the Lord's doing because the Lord was triumphant over his, uh, the enemies. God's people could now praise and worship Yahweh for his victory. In other words, the people were declaring, this is the day we remember when the Lord defeated our enemies. And because of it, we will rejoice and be glad in it. If we read the commentaries of this verse, you will find a variety of interpretations on it. Some say they refer to a Sabbath day. That is the Sabbath and, and a specific day God made in which we should rejoice. Listen, folks, we should rejoice every day. Right. Every day. Oh, I'm just going to rejoice in the Lord's Sunday. I will hold it back and, and I'm going to rejoice next, the following Sunday. Oh, okay, how many Sundays is on the year 52? I'm going to rejoice only 52 days a year. No, we rejoice every day. Because it's every, every day is a day that God has made. We had to rejoice in what God had made. Because God made this day. And I'm glad I am part this day. Because being part of this day, I fellowship with you. And you fellowship with me. Is it natural? If I was not here today, I wouldn't fellowship with anyone. Neither would you. Same thing. You can say the same thing. This is the day that the Lord had made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. And tomorrow, Lord willing, if we wake up in the morning, that's the day the Lord had made for us. What's going to bring, what is the day is going to bring? We don't know. But we will rejoice and be glad in it. It might be problems. It may be difficulties. It may be pain. We don't know. But it doesn't mean that God's not good. God is good. In the midst of troubles and tribulations, disappointments of life, God is still good. Right. I conclude with this. And so, here's my challenge to you. We're almost, we almost at the part of a new year, almost there. If you commit to starting each day of this new year with Psalm 118 verse 24 in your lips, you will, you will wake up morning after morning and choose to say, if you do that, this is the day, Lord, that you have made. I will rejoice and be glad on this day. Now, before you, you say yes, let me warn you up front. You are going to have some tough days ahead of you if you make it to the new year. Some of us will f face sickness. Some of us might face financial trouble. Some of us might lose a loved one. Some of you, of all of us, on the day of crisis, even may forget God for a time. 
But I think if we begin to start each day and put in our hearts and say, Lord, this is the day that you have made. I will rejoice this day. I will remember you this day. I will commute with you this day, Lord. I will talk to you this day. And I'll be glad. And in the end of the day, Lord, I will give you praise and glory and honor because you let me go through this day. Every day is a gift from God. Every day. It don't matter what circumstances we are. It don't matter what problems of life we might be facing. Every day is a gift from God. The rain is a gift from God. The snow is a gift from God. The wind is a gift from God. Everything that we have is a gift from God. Even the day that we face. This day was a gift from God to you and to me. And tomorrow if we make it, it will be another gift from God to you and me. Don't matter what we go through. Don't matter what we face. Still a gift from God. There's difficult days that we face, but still God's day. He made it. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, so much for this passage of Scripture. This is the day that the Lord had made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Lord, Father, sometimes there are days we don't have much to rejoice because life is hard. But I pray, Father, help us to not forget the joy of our salvation, the joy of knowing you and commute with you. Lord, it's a choice that we make. We can either rejoice or and the joy of our hearts, have the joy of the Lord in our hearts, or we can just rely on our circumstances. Help us, Lord, to choose you each and every day. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you could stand, please. We're going to sing page 470. I have decided to follow Jesus. 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 No turning back, no turning back. Though no one join me, still I will. today to church so glad to be here to be part of this day the lord had made it and that a blessing being god's house I, I tell you what i'm going to say it again i say this all the time some days go by so fast we were just here the, the, a few hours ago just just on in our sunday school hour and it is the day is at the end already wow i think because we have a lot of fun together isn't it <laughs> let's pray heavenly father thank you lord so much for this day that you have made Thank you for loving us, for your goodness, for your mercy, and for your grace. Go with us, Lord. May we be a lighthouse as an example to those who don't know you. May we share the love of Christ with those that need you, Lord. I pray, Father, Lord, help us and remind us 
each day. That's a day that you have made. And help us to rejoice and be glad in it. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You are dismissed.